You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Stacey Gatsoulias, co-host of Locked On Yankees, joined by my co-host, Abby Mastraco, and our special guest, Javi Reyes of Locked On Padres. It is Friday if you're listening to Locked On Yankees, and sometime next week if you're listening to Locked On Padres. Welcome to the show. How are you both doing welcome today? To the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, welcome to the feed. I'm, I'm doing very, very good, I think, in the grand scheme of things. I know it's been overdone, the jokes about how time doesn't exist anymore. Um, but it really does it, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Everything kind of flies by. The Super Bowl was somehow like a week ago, depending on what everybody's listening to this. That was weird. And that just kind of happens. Weird commercials, everything. And now we're, we're like back to baseball, and it's the same sort of discussion in a lot of ways, which is the MLB lockout. And despite how excited I usually would be about this time for baseball, we unfortunately are not being gifted the glory of a sport that is run by a sometimes and oftentimes incompetent uh and just mean league maybe not incompetent because i think they know what they're doing but yeah. i think just they know what they're doing just in terms of a a, a sinister they know what they're doing incompetent is the right i would say it's just kind of it's just it's just unfortunate man like i i, I miss baseball and i don't usually say that by the way usually by the time we get to september i'm sick of it and now i'm like yeah bring it back i can't wait this is yeah. gonna be so much fun yeah it's uh it's, it's odd because we should be talking about guys showing up to spring training, what their condition is, what the weather is the like. The best shape of their lives. Yeah, everyone's yes. in the best shape of their lives. And mm -hmm. although that's, you know, uh, that's been happening a lot sooner uh, than years past. And we'll talk about that in a second. First, you can get both Locked On Yankees and Locked On Padres and every other Locked On podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher anywhere there's a podcast. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. Locked on Padres is also on YouTube. And if you have a smart device, you can tell it to play podcast Locked on Yankees or Locked on Padres. Yeah, the best shape of their lives thing feels like, you know, before this year with the lockout and everything, um, it seems like it's getting earlier and earlier because that used to be a, a goof, especially on Twitter and baseball Twitter, which I've been on for 13 years now. In the early part mm. of it, before Twitter really became a cesspool, it was so much fun making fun of that because we would try and bet when the best shape of his life posts would come out. And they became earlier yeah. and earlier in the year where it got to like January where you'd find these guys in the best shape of their lives that they were actually getting ready before spring training started. Unlike the guys of years ago who would show up to spring training out of shape and use spring training to get into shape. So yeah, it's... That's a, I love yeah. that. That's, that's spring one of my favorite things. Spring training used to be where you the... got into shape. Spring training used to be a lot of conditioning. And now that's probably, I mean, mm -hmm. that's why we're seeing a lot of the injuries too. Because now they're coming in and they're already throwing like almost up to their max velocity. Like guys have been working in the cages. Like they've been hitting for weeks already. Like it, they've, they're coming in exactly, in amazing man. shape. I talked to Terry <laughs> Collins about this a few years ago. And he was like, sometimes I just want to tell them to like go to the bar more before spring training like back off the weights yeah back <laughs> off the bullpens yeah i mean yeah and i miss because usually for me it's the best shape of their life posts i always enjoy that but for me personally my favorite spring training bit is in my fantasy baseball draft lobby when that dumb kid freaks out because Greg 
Bird is hitting 465 and overdrafts him by five rounds. And I'm like, cool, <laughs> I'll take David Ortiz. <laughs> it's like, great, this is awesome. Or whatever, yeah. right? Like, that's been always my favorite memory. And I always like betting on, like, which person's going to go absolutely nuts in speed training. Who's going to be bad? In training and will fall. Andy Machado a couple years ago for my team, uh, he's he was like batting 120, and people were like, I don't know, man. He looks a, a mess up. It's like this guy. It's spring training, man. Like I, I don't even know if they're trying. I think they're just kind of hanging out, getting into the the rhythm of things and whatnot. Uh, not that I've been close enough to teams before or anything like that, but that's yeah. Spring training does elicit some good memories. Uh, I think a lot of times, and we're not being we're kind of being robbed of those right now. Have you been able to go to spring training? I lo- I've only been once. I went in 05. Mm-mm. Yeah, I went no, to No, because I live in, for your listeners, I live in New Jersey. And despite covering the Padres, I I don't know if I could make it to San Diego that easily, uh, I guess. Although I am planning a trip uh, for March 31st. So everybody root for the season to start on time. Uh, because if that happens, I literally will be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm basically um, by coastal so, no, most of the time. Anymore. I, meanwhile, I haven't been on a plane Pre-pandemic, since 2010. Yeah, 2010 was the last time I was on a plane. So um, I think I might have to, um, I don't know, meditate the next time I go on a plane because I may have a panic attack because mm-hmm. it's been so long since I've been on one. Or I might just take a train somewhere instead of taking a plane. Um, but yeah, spring training is fun especially when the weather cooperates. The weather did not cooperate the first night that we got there, it rained. So the first spring training game that I was ever supposed to go to got rained out and I was very disappointed. Then the game we ended up going to, it was 55 and windy in Tampa and 55 to native Floridians is really cold. And they were dressed as if it was- falling in weather. Yes, it is. And it was, (laughs) yeah. And they were dressed as if a blizzard was about to happen, which I thought was the funniest thing ever being from- New York, and also going to school upstate where it snowed from October to May. And I was just laughing at these people who looked like they were walking through a frozen tundra when it was 55, 60 degrees out in Florida. So yeah, I recommend to all the listeners and viewers, if you haven't been to spring training, try to go, you know, don't go, go when the games are actually being played, because I would be bored yeah, if I was just watching guys. Don't go for catchers. Yeah, no, I don't think I'd be bored by watching guys. Go once the game starts. I mean... Yeah. For me as a reporter, like you're there two months, two solid months. Like some of them like rotate in and out. I didn't work for a paper that had to rotate in and out. Like I was lucky if I got three days off. <laughs> like it was, it was brutal. There was one, the first year I did spring training with the Mets, I did for day off because my mom was working in Miami at the Food and Wine Festival. And like I blocked that off because the Mets had an off day. But, like, Right before they did final cuts, I didn't have any days off. It was so brutal. Um, it sort of like sucks your life away. Mm. You know, at least you come back with a tan. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <laughs> see, yeah, you got to measure the good with the bad. So no spring training. Meeting happened yesterday. Only lasted 15 minutes. And this isn't the first time that their meeting didn't last that long. And there are lots of jokes being made about it only being 15 minutes. The fact that they're not meeting again today, they're waiting till Monday. People are joking about how taxing it must have been to meet for 15, a whole 15 minutes yesterday. But I believe from what I was seeing from Jeff Patson's timeline is that their plan is to meet as much as possible 
to make it so mm -hmm. they can get something done before February 28th, because that is the point of no return. Because at that point, you would have four weeks of spring training and you'd be able to have a viable amount of spring training in order for the season to start. So let's cross our fingers that that's going to happen before we get into that. Javi, Built Bar. It's time to talk about Bilt What about Bar. it? It's my what? turn to talk about Built Bar? Well, no, it's... I mean, you know. Oh, no, is it? Because I love Built Bar. You know how I feel about Built Bar. Built I, Bar is just the best protein <laughs> bars in the land, man. Let me tell you. I message our group DM at least once a month asking if we're getting any. Asking if anyone has gotten any. Because I love to hear people's thoughts because there's so many different flavors and whatnot. They're, they really are one of the great discoveries I've made since the world ended, to be honest Yo, with you. Yeah, yeah. And have you had one of their puffs? I have. Yes, I have. I forgot. I think it was a lemon flavor. I'm forgetting right now. Lemon those cheesecake. Those are really good too. Yes. Lemon cheesecake. Lem there we go. Yes. They have lemon cheesecake. They have churro. They have coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. And everyone listening and watching, these are going to be your new favorite things because they're also covered in 100% chocolate, just like the other Built Bars. They're low calorie, high protein. You can replace your candy bars with them and they're actually better than a typical candy bar. And if you go to the site, you can see just how good they are for you. Regular Built Bars, mint brownie, coconut, coconut, almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious. New flavors are coming out all the time. And if they have a flavor that they think that you know, might be a good thing. They'll make it for you and it'll be delicious and it'll be good. So go to built.com, use our promo code locked 15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's built.com and the promo code is locked 15. Thank you once again for making locked on Yankees and locked on Padres your first listen of the day. Let's discuss this. I'm annoyed that the meeting only lasted 15 minutes and I'm annoyed that there's not more a sense of urgency it seems on the owner's mm -hmm. part and it feels as if they're talking a lot and trying to make it seem we said this last friday we predicted that everything that rob manfred said last week was going to set it up where if the meeting didn't go well last saturday people could blame the players <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. almost happened but not quite. People are still there are, the majority majority of the people I know are rightfully blaming the owners because yeah, sort of. they're the ones who locked them out. They're the ones who can end this, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much, right? They can be the ones to be like, all right, we'll open things up and we'll negotiate as things are happening. They didn't have to really lock things out. And that's just what's making me laugh is they're making it seem as if mm -hmm. the players are the bad guys, but it's like, you're no, the players didn't strike. This isn't a strike. It's a lockout. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, there are still a lot really of people who are thinking it's a strike, though. Mm -hmm. I know, and mm -hmm. that's what's bothering me. I don't understand why people don't understand the difference between a strike and a lockout all the time. Yeah, I mean, later. and but that's that's what they do, right? Like, like that's part of the messaging. That's why Manfred comes out, at least from my approximation, and says like, "Yeah, we're hopeful to get a deal done before spring training happens," because they want to get ahead of it because they know spring training is going to be delayed, as we talked about all of our favorite memories and whatnot before. Uh, and they know that, but they want it to be like, oh, we were hopeful. And then this weekend, things just didn't go right, which kind of it makes it associates blame to the other side, which is kind of what they've doing, whether it be the whole mediator. Remember that saga, the whole mediator saga, when that happened at one point, you have just just various sort of tiny things. And people really, I don't want to say fall for it, because I think that's a little bit mean. 
I think that there is a sense of I understand fans who watch this and go, hey, what the heck, man? Like, this is short. But, and, and I've seen a lot of people throw around like the millionaires arguing with billionaires sort of arguments, which I get. But at the same time, I think that it is actually somewhat remarkable how, like, you're not rooting for Steve Cohen to play baseball. You're rooting for Jacob deGrom to play baseball. And it's kind of, kind of incredible, like, what, through so many different outlets, through so many different ways and mediums that we've could, that the public has been convinced that it's like not in your interest to just root for the players that you're rooting for and root for a corporation slash team. Uh, and I just think capitalism, kind of what, baby. Yeah, that's what's happened. And you know, it's funny because I another capitalism thing Jeff Passon tweeted about was the boneless wing take, which honestly yeah. is just. Shout out to Jeff Passan for scorching takes that <laughs> I often find to be incredibly entertaining. Uh, capitalistic pigs tried to be clever, he says, and that they're just chicken nuggets, which is honestly open, like I I don't know why I didn't think of it that way to show you how much messaging plays this. I honestly, yes, before that tweet, didn't realize, like, oh yeah, wait, it's literally the same thing. I just ordered Buffalo Wild Wings for the Super Bowl for myself, ordered like 75 boneless wings. Yeah. But like, it just goes to show you that sometimes messaging and advertising and just the way you message things, no matter who you are, like, it can really uh, alter the message. And I think in this case, a lot of people have been, you know, looking at this and saying, hey, what the heck, man? Like, for the love of the game, man, and all that stuff. For the love of the game is one of my favorite things. Uh, and some players have said that before, too. Shout out Kyrie Irving, who's like, why aren't we? I just want to play basketball. It's like, okay, you, you can go do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, like, it's fine. Like, you should get paid for your worth. Generational, genetic lottery, unbelievable work hard uh, players who made it to this level. And I think that, yes, it's easy to look at a Manny Machado for my team or a Giancarlo Stanton and be like, wow, players are making more money than ever. But that's not really how it shakes out, especially when it comes to minor leaguers and, you know, minimum salaries and arbitration. There's so many areas that don't really, yeah. That just, you know, there's so many areas that the munition itself. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I keep, I keep interrupting. Our connection's weird. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We know the salaries are down. We, I mean, we know that the minor leagues are not minor league at a livable wage. And, you know, this whole for love of the game mm-hmm. thing. Well, you know, these players need to make sure that they can take care of that, that they can earn enough care of themselves and their families while their window of opportunity is still allowed. Like while they still have a window of opportunity, you know, like this, mm-hmm. these careers don't last forever. You, you end up retiring in your thirties and then what you make, you made yeah. $700,000 a cup for a couple of years because you were just a fringe, you know, utility infielder this is not millionaires and billionaires fighting as much as a lot of people yeah. want to think it is because it's easy to look at those big salaries and have sticker shock and be like i work fifty thousand dollars i get fifty paid fifty thousand dollars a year and i'm happy to get paid that that's not what this is mm-hmm. that's not exactly. what this is at all right it's i've like, seen a lot of people say like, utility guys yeah i mean not everybody is making a million dollars not everybody's even making close no. to that there's a lot of, mm-hmm. these are big rosters. These are big 40 man pools. And, you know, there are players right now who are trying to gauge the markets overseas at all. So there is, you know, player assistance fund that's going to some players who probably would have been contracts with major league spring training and invitations, but they're trying to gauge the market in Japan and in Mexico to see what their opportunities could be because 
they're not making any money right now and they're getting a, a you know an assistance stipend well the best way to for them to bolster want they've got families over here you know and it's it's not i hate when, i hate seeing that when people are like you know for love of the game millionaires millionaires fighting that's not what this there are so many more layers to this that not everybody understands and there are so many more people involved with the game than people making hundreds of millions of dollars. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I know I've talked about my friend on this podcast who's having, you know, fertility issues and her husband doesn't have a contract right now. I, what are supposed mm-hmm. to do? She's got some serious medical issues and he doesn't have a contract. They get it. Yes. They're getting money mm-hmm. from the assistance fund, but he, what are the, where's their future? What are they doing? What is he doing? Is is this over? Is it is baseball over for him? Does she, does she need to go get a job? What th- these are human beings who make the same sort of decisions about their future and their finances as we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're rooting for those people. Like I, I just that's the crazy part. Like how do they do this? You know, have you ever just like look at your Twitter feed and like how did they do this? How did they convince you that like rooting for the New York Yankees logo is more important than, I don't know, the guys playing. Like, that's why you watch the sport. You know what I'm saying? And, hey, look, by all means, Hal Steinbrenner, if you want to play baseball and you're good at it, go ahead. You can't because these are freak athletes. And, like I said, the genetic lottery and all that stuff. But it's just kind of – it's it's a lot of that, though. And they like to use the, well, Bryce Harper just signed for this much. Fernando Tatis Jr. just signed for this much. It's like, all right, so you had to have been the best person in your hometown that probably has ever been produced – then you had to be the best person at the high school that that high school has ever produced. Then you had to have gone to college and been one of the college players that that place has ever produced. And then you had to go to the minor leagues to be one of the best minor leaguers in all those systems and stuff in that. And then maybe finally you'll be one of the 15 guys who absolutely made it big. Guess what? The lottery, like, I don't get me wrong, the lottery doesn't have high chances. It's kind of like it's just – there, people aren't seeing the full picture. There's so many more 700K people, bullpen arms that make their debut for a little bit. And don't get me wrong, if that's good money. Like, obviously, it's you're doing very well when you're making that type of money compared to a lot of other people. But I just don't understand that people aren't looking at, you know, people who are signing office papers or whatever the heck owners do. And they're saying, yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing I want to root for, man. That's that's why I go to the ball game. I can't wait to see this. I think that... um. And, and then, of course, you have the whole aspect of the, you know, that this is a losing investment, uh, which is, I don't know. I don't even know where to start with that, right? Like, because there's so many different areas of that. It's like, okay, then why do you own a baseball team, right? Mm-hmm. And I know um, Jeff Passan, yeah, on top of that, just not being, just being blatantly not true that these aren't um, investment money makers. Maybe they aren't making like, you know, 300% of a profit maybe they're making like all oh, 220 or whatever the heck right like it's something like that like i don't again i'm not a super business person but i think that that's kind of the the issue you run into is people being just saying because you're not making a giant investment um and that's just patently kind of false uh to be honest with you and i know jeff passed and sweetie yesterday like saying like there are owners that really do care about the game but there's also a lot of them that just say investment nothing else and then there's a lot of others that are like i like having this trophy I like walking in the room of succession and talking to Logan Roy and being like, well, I actually own the Boston Red Sox. So like, you know, I can, you know what, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of an unfortunate reality thing. Um, Chat succession, man. Great show. You're just talking about owners 
you were just talking about owners liking trophies. And one thing mm -hmm. I took away from the Super Bowl is the fact that they give the trophy to the owner first, even though the owner didn't play mm -hmm. the game. And, you know, football might be yeah. over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. And you can find all of the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach or next fired coach is going to be on betonline.net, which is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC, right down to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Is that not the most annoying thing when they give the... <laughs> the trophy to the owner first it's like these guys just yeah, killed that's themselves a great point for how that's many a great minutes point. yeah and the owner's like that's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> also that was an, an iconic transition stacy well done I, like just well done <laughs> applause i mean that was just fantastic man are you kidding me i, I try i try um now speaking of betting are we betting that anything's going to happen this next week and are we going to see <sighs> baseball starting on time I guess that's the big question, right? Um, mm -hmm. I was mentioning before uh, that, you know, actually to go to San Diego and hopefully be here for that. We just, as we just lost Abby for all the, the YouTube yeah. um, viewers yeah. and whatnot, hopefully she'll be back. So I'm stalled for a little bit. Um, yeah. That, you know, I'm hoping to plan a trip. I'm not hoping I'm going to be in San Diego for when opening day would be. And I've never seen a pottery game. I've never, I don't think I've, Maybe when I was like, young, my parents love doing this thing where when I was like one year old, they love to go around the world. And then when I was sentient enough to understand anything, they were like, oh, no, no more vacation. So that was great. But I'm going to be there around that time, March 31st. So I'm hope I have more of a vested interest for it to start on time. And I guess that's the big thing, right, where I just don't trust baseball. Um, I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago with uh, your favorite person um, that I won't name on air. Um, and I was listening to it and he was basically like, look, it feels like since, and this is a point I think you would agree with too, which is like since 1994, 1998, around that time, it feels like baseball's message to people who are trying to get into it is like, you know, it's screw you. <laughs> it's like every, and in a variety of ways, whether that be lockouts, whether that just be not maybe adapting and figuring out how to figure out arbitration and stuff like that and making it that guys are getting paid for nine years for 400 million instead of like the NBA where the, the teams change around or unwritten rules where it's like, okay, now this, it's like baseball seems to actively all, all the time, all the time be like, we're going to find the area that you, you guys are going to hate. And we're going to just extrapolate blackouts. Right. It just seems like as people, for people who are trying to like baseball, they're like, no, screw you. Sorry. Um, I've compared them to Nintendo a lot of times in the gaming space because Nintendo has done a lot of anti-consumer things over the years. Mm -hmm. They released like this Nintendo 64 classic or NES classic. And they, pr I think they made 1000 of them when it came out for the world. And they were like, oh, wow, we, who, we sold out so much. It's like, no, you didn't. Everybody wants to play the NES games remastered on this little cute little console. Like everyone wanted it. And yeah. they do all these, they act like they're in first place baseball mm. i think is what i'm getting at right they act like they're the ones that can kind of afford when they should be the ones i, I tweeted about this they should be the ones doing the nickelodeon slime thing they should be the ones having 
the NBA does an all-star draft where the players, like you have LeBron James and Kevin Durant picking yeah. the players, they should be the ones doing all these quirky little things. And instead, we're doing a, a lockout. It's that. right. That's just what baseball culture uh, is unfortunately like. Yeah. Abby, well, you know, we, were just, we were just talking about how it seems since <laughs> we were joking about how since like the uh, the past strike and around 98, like ever since then, baseball is basically just like to new baseball fans, like n- not well, not welcoming and not changing things really either. I mean, but that's a always big... been baseball. Baseball's never wanted to change. And there yeah. are so many purists yeah. in the game who don't think that it should change either. I mean, go sit up at the bleed. Go sit. Go sit at the top of Yankee Stadium and you'll find a lot of people who are well back in my day, you know, but back at your day is not relevant anymore. I'm sorry. It's not. What's relevant now is Gen Z and reaching them and streaming deals. And I know that people are throwing fits over, you know, not being able to find the game on, on cable or with your bunny ears antenna, but Gen Z can find it on streaming, you know? So we need to start catering to younger audiences and baseball's never been good at that. And, you know, they, that was a genius move by the NFL to start doing the Nickelodeon thing because we know. How did baseball younger... like not do this? It's right. incredible. Um, <laughs> you guys well, not doing I this. get it. I also, I work in hockey where like they just continually shoot themselves in the foot. And the whole thing is, oh, if you haven't been an original six fan from the start, then like we don't want you. But then they're expanding to new markets. So like you can't have it both ways, you know. Right. Vegas has been a huge success. But you can't say that, like, you you know, it only counts if you were a fan in Chicago, Detroit, and Montreal. Like, you cannot have it both mm-hmm. ways. You're not going to – you're just contradicting yourself. Well, lockout, it, lockouts – or blackouts, not lockouts. Man, I'm so used to saying the word lockout. <laughs> blackout, I think, are detrimental to – I think it's like a – I don't know, a conspiracy theory to, like, make everybody sign up for cable. And I don't have cable. I use streaming. <laughs> I live with other people who don't want cable, so I'm not going to force it on them, and I can't afford it on my own. Like, I can't say, like, oh, we're getting cable, but you're not paying. Like, I'm paying for it, so you can't watch it. Like, that's not how that works. So I have streaming, Mm -hmm. and I've had to figure out, for better or worse, how to use it. And, like, blackouts just – blackouts are – it really prevents people from, like, watching. It prevents – people from seeing your product and you want everyone you want a lot of eyes on your product especially for big games and we do this with the Mm -hmm. nhl all the time because the nhl should not have like that's the one league that really needs to drop their blackout restrictions like immediately like they don't know how to market games they hockey doesn't know how to market itself period i mean putting the women's gold medal game at 11 p.m eastern on a streaming service like no offense i know i just said i'm use i use streaming services but like that's not prime. That's not how you get a lot of eyes on the game. That's not how you grow the game. That's not how you reach new audiences. Right. So I think that like, I look, I guess that baseball can make a case for still having the blackouts because those owners want their money and we know that. And it's not good for the game, but like, it's a part of, it's a part of the broadcast deals. I get it. Sure. Maybe you could make the argument that like, Baseball and hockey are in danger of becoming like being relegated to like niche sports. Mm. And if that case, yeah. if that's the case, then you drop the blackout restrictions and you start doing things like you start trying to appeal to younger generation by doing Nickelodeon slime. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Go to Disney Channel. Do something with. 
what do the mm-hmm. kids watch these days? Harry Potter? I don't know. Well, I think that the players... The, the whole Wizarding players World game, thing, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I think the whole Players Weekend was a, a step in the right yeah. direction where you gave yeah, the guys the ability to put their nicknames on the back. You know, they're wearing different uniforms. I know some of the purists were annoyed by that, but I say to them, as I'm wearing a Yankee hat with flowers... Just to annoy people. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, if my father was alive and he saw this, oh my God, he would not be happy. But <laughs> he's not here, so I can wear this and I can buy hats like this. But I love Players Weekend. And it feels like they're so much more relaxed during Players Weekend. And they actually genuinely have a really fun time with the those players, uniforms. And, the players really liked it. The nicknames yeah. and everything. The players really enjoyed it. You know, and the Field of Dreams game, I mean, that was great. And they they need to do more things like that to reach out mm-hmm. to, I mean, that was, I know that there were a lot of people complaining that it was Field of Dreams that came out when I was in high school. It's an old movie. Old people like yeah. that movie. But that game was incredible. And if they can it was mimic that right? in a different way, um, like we were talking on here about like maybe doing a League of Their Own theme or other mm-hmm. movie themes for baseball Bull Durham. movies. I want Bull Durham. Yeah, Bull Durham Bull would Dur- be a fun one too. Do the Twilight random field in the forest for all I care. Like yeah. it's just and, and you're right. Like the the Field of Dreams thing. A lot of people are getting into debates that 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 movie actually sucks, dude. And it's like my thing was I, I like I personally cool. don't like the movie, but the visuals mm-hmm. of the game were great. Were great. Right. Yeah. Right. Like. Literally that alone. And I love how that baseball is like, let's put in the Cubs and the Reds next year to, to like rebuilding teams. That's fantastic. But like, it's, I do wish that they, they did st- more stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be so much more fun getting weird. And I really think that the all-star voting thing, like the NBA, sure. There's going to be, it's not that like, thrilling of a television event to watch, but it's whole like now. Kevin Durant, not picking James Harden thing. Like that becomes a giant meme and bit. And it's really funny. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah what would happen yeah. with baseball and also with baseball having its marketing problem for, you know, being more localized people like say it's a, um, you know, Mike Trout is the captain of one team and then Tatis is the captain of another, you know, Mike Trout picks someone like uh, Nolan Arenado. How many Yankees fans have never seen Nolan Arenado play? You know what I'm saying? So that's like just a tiny way to improve things. And I mean, it sucks because the talent's there. I have never been more nervous watching a home run derby in my life and more excited and that's what happened this year with Shohei Otani. So there's a Me lot too. of like talent to market there. <laughs> it was a blast. And then he was messing up at the beginning, clearly just nervous. And then yeah. he just started hitting moonshots and it was awesome. And it was like, that was great television, right? So I think that baseball has the talent at least. And there well, is ways to fix this, even that, if that's like another you said, That's another problem I talk about all the time. The fact that mm-hmm. you only see Shohei Otani in all-star games. You only see Mike Trout in show in all-star games you barely see them on national television and they're two of the best players to come along in how many years in the sport not that that's the fault of baseball overall it's the fault of their ownership but there needs to be maybe this has to do with blackout restrictions maybe they should make it so more people can watch Shohei Otani and Mike Trout day in and day out all over the country if they wanted to um you know I don't know how they would do that but something like that needs to be done marketing needs to be better like you know the let the kids play press conference with all the guys answering questions that was a fun promo for baseball and they need to do more Mm -hmm. stuff like that and not have a lockout (laughs) exactly exactly i think and i will say that i think that the unwritten rules which i alluded to earlier i feel like we're kind of getting away from that it feels like it's more of a split now where like there are some people who are like yeah yeah it's like a little bit like i feel like we're starting to see 
that people are like, this is literally objectively stupid. Um, and I think part and my player Tatis was kind of like one of the first guys that I noticed that almost universally, unilaterally, everybody was like, this is dumb. Like, who cares? Like why he hit a home run? Like, it just doesn't matter because he was so likable and so new and so young and in the game. that I think that that helped unlike say, you know, a Carlos Gomez from years ago, right? Like when someone like that did it, that not everybody knew about and not necessarily the most everybody's favorite player. I think that was one thing. And now it's just like, yeah, you know what? I want Javi Baez bat flipping it. Like at the picture for him, basically sacrifice fly. Like, it's like, it's great. Like, I, I love, I thought that was so fun. Um, I don't care. I, I like when guys flip player, their bats after a right? walk, you know, they'll walk, they'll <laughs> yeah. flip their bat over. <laughs> Unless you're Brandon Nimmo, and then you sprint as hard as you can to first base. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, they need to make baseball more fun in that way. I feel like there are certain things that they do that make baseball not as fun. Um, As much as they think it's fun to put the runner on second in the 10th inning, it's not fun. It's not when you're watching your own. Oh, I strongly disagree. I I don't mind that. There's more action for one. But also, like, God. somebody who's, oh, like, you're at, wrong, Stacey. Uh, somebody <laughs> who's, not. like, at, I wrote a column on this last year for Bleacher Report, and I don't think I've had, like, a more divisive <laughs> thing that I've written. And I've written about the intersection of, like, race and social issues. <laughs> like, I've written a lot about some controversial topics, but this one, like, the extra, the run, the ghost runner. That got like, people fired up, yeah controversial thing that i think i've written i don't mind watching Uh, other teams have that in their games but when my team is involved i don't like it but watching other teams have that happen sure it's great it's fun but no how many times i've had to sit there and and watch a 14 inning game where (laughs) nothing happens like wow that game was so bad they just played it twice yeah and especially (laughs) like a lot of those a lot of those games like you know you have the occasional game where a team will tie it up in the bottom of the ninth it'll go to extra innings but you also have a lot of those games where the teams don't score from like the sixth inning on and then it goes to like 14 or 15 innings and look i get it like look it might just like you might just tie somebody up you might just tie the game up with a couple sack bunts that's fine whatever but at least then there's like they're 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 trying to win and not just trying to lose or not just like swinging for the fences and trying to end the game. Like a couple years ago, Curtis Granderson told me he wants to see like the equivalent of a shootout in the NHL. He wants to see like a home run derby yeah. after 12 innings. So like, that okay, I maybe, would sign up for <laughs> maybe if you don't like the ghost runner in, in the 10th, then like maybe move it to like the 12th or the 13th, like maybe play a couple innings and you don't have to use it in the playoffs. It's like hockey. Like I've talked to so many guys in hockey who say, I don't like the shootout. I think it's stupid to end on a skills contest. However, I don't see the point in just beating each other up, playing five overtimes for a regular season game between like yeah. Ottawa and, and you know, a bad, like the devils, like a bet two bad teams playing five <laughs> overtimes for nothing, for, yeah. for no, for nothing. And so like, like the I'm shootout <laughs> and North American sports don't like ties. Okay. I get that. Yeah. And it, so if you don't want ties, then that's the only other alternative is to have a shootout or something like that. Baseball's never going to go to a tie format. So extra innings, but like... Unless it's no, an all-star game in Milwaukee in 2002, then it's a tie. But so, other than that... Do we really want to see Kansas City and Detroit playing 27 innings on like a 14-degree night no. in early April? Right. No. There no. are 162 games 
Sorry that 15 of them might have something different. You fake progressive fans. I'm so mad at you, Stacey. You, this is great. I said, I don't mind it when other teams have it happen, but when my own team has it happen and I see uh, how they lose when the runner is on second yeah, base, I do not like it. The Yankees like did not Look. know how. Yankees, they, because the problem with the Yankees was that they just tried to out hit all of their mistakes and, and yes. you can't always do that. Yeah. And so the Yankees were like, Look. we're just going to, you know, out hit the mistakes, we, defensive mistakes that we make because they can't field yeah. a sack bunt. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like, no, I don't. No, I don't like it when my team's involved. Other teams, yes. And I say this about the wild card game as well. When my team's in it, I absolutely hate it unless they win it. But if other teams are in the wild card game, it's the best thing ever. I have the best time watching it. I love it. So I think with the Ghost Runner, you move it to the 12th inning. You start yes. a Ghost Runner in the 12th inning. And you get rid of it in the playoffs. But that's an easy way. You Like, there's playoffs, zero yeah. point. There's zero point to these guys playing all night, especially, like, two teams that are that have no chance yeah. of even doing anything in the postseason. And it's, like, 20 degrees in April. It's just there's no – no, there's it's pointless. Yeah. Like, player safety has to I be just a had the 16-inning one. <clears throat> yeah. That I stayed like... up for against the Dodgers. <laughs> and I felt like I was – on drugs and comatose by the end and I wanted to die. It was 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, well, Don't get I, me started. <laughs> I tell the story I tell this story all the time. The last game that I wrote about for baseball prospectus was the Dodgers Red Sox game that went 18 innings in LA in the World Series. And I filed that story at 6 a.m. Eastern. I was delirious. I didn't even know how to spell the word the. I just didn't yeah. know what was happening. <laughs> Yeah. It was so bad. I was like, this is awful. So in that case, yes. <laughs> you start you start rethinking basic words, like the word yeah. basic. You're like, yeah. wait, you is it You see certain words repeated too much, and they don't look like they're spelled correctly. And you're just like, yes. is, is that how you spell the? <laughs> what? It's... This oh is a God. writer yeah. thing. So if you're not a, or if you're one of those people like me who procrastinated in high school, or no, college, and waited till the night before to do a 20-page paper, <clears throat> You start to, you get delirious yeah. by, you know, 15 pages yeah, in yeah. and you don't, you're, is this how you spell sure? Is this how you, it's just, it's that kind of a thing. Yeah. So my bet is, I don't know. I, I'm not feeling optimistic. Yeah. I'm not feeling optimistic, but I feel, I feel like the season's not, not going to start on time, but I feel like it's not going to be one of those. It's not starting till May 15th sort of things. I think it might be delayed just by it teeny bit if that makes sense maybe like a week or a week and a half yeah. but nothing more than that mm -hmm. for my sake i hope not because i'll be there but um <laughs> my, i think for me my view is just i would not be surprised if we missed any long amount of time mm. i'm not saying that's what i think but i just think that you should be expected for all the reasons we just illustrated this yeah. is a league that only just figured out that having pitchers hitting a buck 20 every year is probably not great. And we should probably have another batter. Like they usually are quite late to things and they will find the way to, you know, not win or what have you. So, so for me, I'm expecting, not expecting, I am going to prepare myself for any type of long delay, even if it sounds like, yeah, maybe we might not miss too much and that baseball's in has some momentum and they don't want to lose it, but that's just where I'm at right now. How about you, Abby? Uh, I'm not optimistic. And I'm not usually like pessimistic. I think we've talked about this. Like I tend to like, you know, be right in the middle and sort of keep it real. But uh, I know, and I just saw that, you know, I saw Pat Passon said that they are going to be negotiating 
over a series of days, they're going to like ramp up negotiations. But I just think that um, there's a lot of there's just a lot there's 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 a lot of there's too much distrust on both sides. The owners are protecting their bottom line. Um, the owners think that the players are making them look bad. The players think that the owners are not negotiating in good faith. And I I think the season is I think we're going to miss games. I do. I think we're going to miss games. I don't know that I could like put a date on like when they're going to start, but I I think that this is going to get more contentious and it just seems that the owners don't want to budge on their bottom line. And um, if that's the case, players, the players association is already making concessions, right. you know, they've already dropped some of their, uh, the owners are planning on them caving. And I think the players have already made so many concessions that they're not willing to cave at this point, even if it is just to play and get the game on the field, because you shouldn't have to work for, you know, what you're not worth and for under your value. And um, it's just a mess. And I hope that when it does get solved, you know, we really, we consider like what happened, how to prevent it, how to like really fix all of these things in the future and start marketing the game better. Um, start, you know, maybe some more like fair, equitable practices in baseball. This has been a bad year for baseball, baseball culture, even stuff yesterday with Eric Kay's case happening. Like now we know how widespread opioid use is. Uh, you know, we know about sexual harassment, sexual assault. Uh, this has been yeah. a really bad year for baseball. And the lockout is not going to solve every problem. It's going to get people like ending the lockout is going to get people back on the field. And once they're back on the field, we've got to figure out how to take this thing and make it better. Yeah. And I hope that this serves as a wake up call that we that like it does need to get better. There's a lot that needs to be fixed and playing the game can just like sometimes that can cover up for a lot of things. Winning covers up a lot of things. So I hope that like when the lockout is over and the things are back on the field, people are sort of like emboldened to, um, or encouraged to change this thing for the better. Right. Javi, thank you for joining us on the show today. <laughs> it was a blast. Uh, I, I loved, I know we've talked a bunch before, including about like Brett Gardner being one of my favorite players and all that. Um, and Abby, it was a lot of fun. Uh, meeting you look it's look it's you gotta you gotta keep happy even when talking about these these unfortunate topics you know what i mean when it comes to our the sport we love being run in a league that we very much oftentimes do not love and i think right. it's important to just keep the keep the good vibes going any way you can yeah yeah let's let's try and end this on a positive note it's friday people enjoy <laughs> friday if it's if you're listening to locked on oh. padres it's not friday i don't know what day of the week it is but <laughs> if whatever day of the week it is that you're listening to this on locked on padres i hope you're having a good one but that's it for this episode of locked on yankees which is part of the locked on podcast network your team every day abby javi and i would like to remind you that you can listen to this show and locked on padres in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to both shows on YouTube. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Bets. Now make your second listen of the day Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans and spread the word about Locked On Padres. We'd all really appreciate it. So 
Enjoy your weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Let's go.